Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Nick DiFilippo, the baseball coach at Muhammad Seymour High School, also a, a teacher at the high school, U.S. History and Economics. And I believe, Nick, you're entering your 17th year as a head coach, right? Yeah. And if, cool. I, if, if, I, if my memory serves correct, the first win of the year will be number 300 in your career. Is that right? That is, uh, that is correct. Well, that'll be a, a nice little milestone for you, won't it? Yeah, you know, it is. It's, uh, it's something I, you know, never really thought about until, you know, we got closer. Um, but a, a longtime friend of mine, who I think you might know, Ray Whitman, Oh, sure. was, was a, you know, was a coach at Oakwood and AD at a long time. I was, I was his assistant in basketball the year he got his 300. And I remember uh, a conversation him and I had that night after we actually went to unity and he beat unity on unity's home court and went out to celebrate a little bit. And he, uh, he challenged me to win 300 one day in baseball. And, you know, you kind of think about it 20 years ago and you're like, okay, this may or may never happen. And, you know, it's, it's not something you're always, you know, it, it's, you're not really thinking about it. And then obviously you get a little closer and you know, it's like, holy cow, this is kind of a reality. So it's a, it's a pretty big milestone. There's no question. When coming into this season, I mean, you, you've got a really a very good nucleus back from a team that won a regional last year. In fact, you've won two regionals in a row. I think I was looking back, you have seven, 300 hitters back and pitchers that combined for 17 wins. So uh, that's a nice way to go into a season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we're blessed. We have uh, just an amazing senior class, and we've got a really good, you know, junior class and some sophomores to mix in with it. So, you know, anytime you've got a, a senior class that's as special as this one, you know, it's and we see it across the board in all sports, and it just continues to, to carry over to baseball. When you've got so many kids who are going on to play, you know, at the next level, I've got five baseball kids who are already committed. I've got – um, you know, there's Waldinger's going to go play football. Ben Wagner's coming out now to play baseball and he's got some opportunities. So, you know, you got six or seven, I mean, legitimate college athletes on your, on your club, you're going to be solid. I mean, you're just athletic and the kids can play. So it, it, it really helps, uh, get the, get the season started in the right direction. You know, one thing I wanted to address, I think baseball is unlike probably any other sport from this standpoint, any other sport, you can have a star athlete and he or she can just really kind of carry you and, and be the nucleus of the team. But in baseball, once you get into the postseason, you can have a star pitcher, which you certainly have in Blake Walters, but he can't carry you the entire postseason because of the uh, the pitch count and because of the, the way the games are scheduled. You, you have to have at least pitchers and, and you know a lot of cases three to do well in the postseason could you talk about that a little bit no you're you're exactly right I mean with the with the pitch count rules and and let's be honest we want to keep the kids safe anyways but I mean Blake is special but Blake will not carry us all the way to the state tournament I mean we've got to have multiple guys you know step up I mean in the regular season a pitcher can only throw 105 pitches in the postseason you're looking at 115 but now you're, you're looking at four or five days rest and just the way the postseason schedule usually works out. It's a, it's a Wednesday, Saturday or Thursday, Saturday in the regional. And then you're looking at the same on a, on the sectional setup. Well, you know, you don't have five days between Saturday and Wednesday in the sectional. So if you throw the regional championship, you're, you're not throwing the first round of sectionals. Last year, we lucked out and our game wasn't until the Thursday. So, you know, like Blake pitched Saturday in the regional championship, he threw Thursday in the 
uh, sectional semifinal. Well, at that point, Blake is done for the sectional championship, and he was also going to be done for the the super sectional, which is on the Monday. So it, it really does limit your ability to to throw some of these guys, and you you've got to have a legitimate team. And you know, I talk with you know Bosch and Atkins, and you like. I never get to run my best squad out there every game. And, you know, in, in basketball and football, you're starting your top five every game or your, you know, your top 11. That's not the case in baseball. I mean, obviously pitching matchups work out and, and you're trying to schedule, you know, certain guys against certain teams, but, you know, you're, you're going to run out there and, and not have your, your top guys, you know, in, in some situations, I mean, to look at the beginning of our year, we got eight games in nine days. Um, you know, you would love to say like, you know, in, in basketball, you know, if I'm running my, you know, my top lineup out there every game, it's, it's a different story, but you know, I mean, clearly Blake's our number one, he's going to throw one game in our first nine. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's, which is what it is. And, and luckily we're blessed and we're deep and we got a great pitching staff with, uh, some kids coming up. So with that being said, you know, it's like, okay, let's, let's get us better for the postseason. All those guys are going to get innings you know, throughout the year and then into the postseason. So with that happening, it, it'll be a great, you know, learning curve for them and a, a great time to not put too much stress on one arm. I know one of my greatest challenges back when I was working at the News Gazette and I had to come up with the uh, the area rankings in the different sport was was ranking baseball teams because you will look at it and you'll say, well, you go head to head. Well, you can't really go head to head because one team might beat a team, you know, one time with their with their best pitcher and then they might lose to somebody else that that team has beaten. And then, so you know, you just go crazy trying to, to figure out, uh, especially the area rankings in baseball, because it's, it's not like the other sports where, you know, head to head can, can make a lot of difference in the other the sports but boy not in baseball no that's i would agree right even softball i mean softball pitchers have a little bit different they can throw almost every day where you know our guy i mean legitimately our guys are going once every five days and it really changes uh, you know a lot of things well, if you would we, we mentioned blake walters talk a little bit about him it sounds like uh you know obviously the the major league teams uh, are, are kind of in on him and possibility that he could get drafted out of high school that would uh, certainly be a, a rare, rare achievement, uh, at least here at Muhammad Seymour. Yeah, no, Blake, Blake is a special kid. Um, you know, hats off to him and everything he has done to prepare. You know, he's had to make some really difficult choices. And, and you know, his his work ethic is, is legitimately second to none and everything he's done to get ready. I mean, obviously, he's uh, been, you know, he's been gifted, right? Uh, you know, the, his ability is is amazing and his work ethic on top of it. But you know, he's, he's going to be special to watch this summer. There's, there's very few chances that you get, a, you know, to watch out and, and watch a, uh, a high school pitcher that's going to throw upper 90s. Um, he's been up to 98 this spring in some of his bullpens, uh, pretty consistently mid-90s. And that does get the attention of, of a good number of major league clubs. I think, and I mean, I, I, don't, I can't get into too many details, but I think I've talked to in the last, you know, month, probably at least 20 different major league clubs that are planning on coming at some time to watch and pitch this spring. You know, the majority of them said they're going to be at all of his starts. So we'll, we'll see what this spring looks like in terms of uh, who, who's at a, at a ball game this spring and, you know, who, what they get to see. So we just hope the weather cooperates and, and helps Blake stay, you know, ready to go and, and try to have fun and enjoy his senior year. 
Well, one thing that that means you have to do is, is you kind of have to come up with a schedule of, of when and which games he's going to pitch so that, uh, uh, you know, the scouts all of a sudden, you're not going to call him at noon one day and say, hey, by the way, Blake's pitching tonight. Yeah, no, we uh, we sat down and created a schedule a couple of weeks ago and, and actually had to send it to all the major league clubs and say these are the dates that Blake is you know going to take the bump. And I mean, a lot of these guys are, are not, you know, central Illinois scouts. So, you know, they're usually a Midwest area guys. I mean, guys from Omaha, Nebraska, guys from, you know, I mean, Ohio, Chicago. I mean, so legitimately all over. And some of them are said they're going to be driving, you know, eight hours every Saturday to watch Blake pitch. So, I mean, they any heads up we could give them in terms of schedule changes and this and that, but they'll be here, you know, and then a couple of weeks in, you know, after they see him once, they said they're going to send their cross checkers and then, you know, scouting director. And then obviously, depending on how he's done, it just continues to work up the ladder of, you know, what clubs send to, to watch him pitch this spring. But I, I think you're right. There's there's very few high school kids, you know, in, in, in our area, they get the opportunity of getting drafted directly out of high school. I mean, we've had a few. Um, Jeff Martin, obviously, you know, a standout pitcher back in the early 90s. Muhammad got drafted. If I remember, like, the 44th round. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling after that. And even in our area, high school pitchers that have been drafted. I mean, we've had some kids drafted – you know, throughout the area, Jason Anderson from Danville, obviously Chucky from Danville, uh, Tanner Gordon from Champaign was drafted. I think Dan O'Neill. I mean, there's some, there's some guys who've been drafted, but after they've gone and played in college. So, you know, very few directly out of high school. That's for sure. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of your other returning nucleus this year. I mean, you've got guys like uh, Mateo Casillas that uh, everybody knows about, a, a three-sport uh, athlete. But uh, talk about what he'll bring to the table and others like Carter Johnson. And uh, you mentioned Jake Waldinger and, and some of the others you'll have this year. Yeah, we've got a, we have just an absolutely amazing senior class. And it's, it's hard not to talk about all of them. Um, you know, it's, it starts with, you know, some of our top returners. You've got Mateo and Carter Sell and obviously Carter Johnson, you know, guys that, you know, have got some really big roles to, for them to be filling. I mean, you look at Mateo, who's going to be, you know, coming out of his state championship wrestling, uh, you know, winter sports season, and he'll be a tad rusty to start the year, but at the same time, he is a phenomenal athlete. He's going to go play D1 baseball at SIUE, and I know he's he's been working extremely hard. You've got Carter Johnson, who has been working behind the plate and, and working to, you know, solidify our, um, you know, our pitching staff. And, he, and he's moving from first base to, to be our catcher. Um, you've got Alex McHale, who's been working really hard and trying to move into, you know, who's going to take the, the number two role on the pitching staff, um, you know, after losing Zach Corson, who's now pitching at Bradley and, and Evan Ruzic's role. So, you know, Alex has been working really hard. Then you've got, um, you know, you've got a couple of young guys, to be honest, mixing in there um, with Alec Bergman, who's competing to be the number two. You got Mason Orton, who's working really hard to, to be a, a pitcher for us this year, who's, who's just a sophomore. Um, you, we do got a, we got a couple more seniors, right? You've got Jake Waldinger, who should be, a, a you know, a hopefully a, a solid outfielder for us. You know, and you got Carter Selk, who is a, another three-sport athlete that's coming out of basketball, who's been putting a lot of time. Um, you know, a three-year starter again for us in the outfield um, is looking to play a little bit of center field. He'll probably be in the heart of our lineup. If I remember correctly, he, you know, was 
I don't know, five or six home runs last year. He hit third or fourth, you know, or fifth the majority of the year for us. So a really big left-handed bat. So, you know, you've got Blake at the plate. You got Mateo. You got Sell kind of right there in the middle. You got Carter Johnson. You know, and then you've got, you know, uh, Braden Houshen, you know, another senior who's a, you know, a two-sport guy. He's going on to play football and baseball at Augustina. So he's a two-sport college guy. He's going to be our shortstop. You know, he'll spend a little bit of time on the mound. He'll be a backup catcher. So you've got this entire senior nucleus who is just really working hard. And, you know, and that's what it takes to be good, um, you know, as we continue to grow. And, and we're, you know, middle of 3A and, you know, trying to compete with Chathams and, and, and those type of schools year in and year out. It, it, it takes a, a group that's like this. As you look ahead to this season, I mean, certainly a lot of reason to, to be optimistic. You just now have to get the weather to cooperate so you can kind of get into a groove. It doesn't do anybody any good when you play a game on a Monday and then you have to wait like 10 days to get another game in. No, you, you're correct. Mother Nature is going to control this spring, you know, and the guys, it's going to be hard for them not to get frustrated. You know, we looked at the weather two weeks ago and it was 65 and 70 and sunny. And, you know, today is the first day teams can play baseball games and it's snowing. And it's, uh, you know, it's frustrating. And uh, I saw some buddies from up north, you know, by Chicago, and they had snow last night. And they're like, it's going to be a week before we can go back on our field. So luckily, you know, we're heading south. Uh, We're supposed to open at home tomorrow with Tolono, but the weather's not cooperating. And, you know, I think it's supposed to be, I don't know, 35 the first pitch and the wind's supposed to blow. So it's, it's not looking very promising, but you know, we leave Wednesday morning. We're going to play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, kind of playing across Southern Illinois. We're going to play Harrisburg, DeCoin, and Carbondale, and then hopefully try to try to finish up the little spring break trip uh, just outside of St. Louis in, in Troy Triad, who is a very good team. Uh, they're the returning sectional champs out of the South. Uh, that's who Chatham played in the super sectional and beat to go on to state. So, you know, we've got them who, you know, PBRs got ranked, have them ranked. Uh, 25th to, to start the year. So it should be pretty exciting, you know, matchup for us. Obviously it's a game, you know, we want to, we can see how Blake is and it'd be a great test for him to kind of start the year. By the way, where does PBR rank going into the season? Uh, they have us uh, 13th overall. That's all four classes combined. Um, they, they've only done the like 25 through 10. They're kind of working their way backwards if that makes sense. Um, there's a couple of schools that they haven't ranked yet. I mean, I'm assuming Chatham and Nazareth Academy will be in the top 10 and they're obviously three A schools. So I think right now there is, I don't know, three or four, three A schools. Everybody else is a four A school that's been ranked in the top 25. Um, so I think as of right now, we're the top ranked three A school without seeing the top 10, you know, being laid out. So, I mean, we could see like a Sycamore, Nazareth, Chatham. I mean, so going in there. So they, I think they've got us in, I mean, legitimately in the top five probably in uh, all classes com- or at least in 3A and, you know, in the top 15 in all classes combined. You mentioned earlier we talked about the, the pitch count and how many pitches a, a player can throw, uh, you know, in a game during the regular season and postseason. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do, do you wish that that was more in the, the coach's control or do you think they would kind of maybe take advantage and, uh, you know, certainly they, they wouldn't take a pitcher out if they had two strikes on a batter just because he, you know, threw, had reached a certain number of pitches? 
You know, it, it's a difficult topic. Um, you know, the number one thing is player safety, and and I understand why they did it. There's there's no question. We've had a few situations where, you know, we played opposing schools, and I couldn't believe they had pitchers still in. And we're talking 130, 140, 150 pitches. So, so I on that front, I look at it, and I'm like, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I truly get it on why they are trying to protect these kids. But at the same time, you know, it's you, you look at if I throw 31 pitches, I got to have two days of rest. You know, it's like, OK, like, is that really is that right? You know, it's it's some of those smaller numbers. But, you, I mean, you don't always take into account how many times they pick to first base or how many warm up pitches they get. So, you know, I get it. Um, you know what they truly do. I, I feel like we're blessed, you know, being at, a, you know, a good size 3A school where we have pitching depth, if you start looking at some of the smaller schools, you know, and they've got to say, okay, I can only pay, you know, or pitch every five days or six days. You can understand why they're only playing, you know, 25 to 30 games because they just don't have the pitching to be able to go out there and, and compete. I mean, legitimately, I've got probably nine guys that we feel really comfortable at the varsity level to run out there and pitch you know, any day of the week. So it really helps us in, in those type of things where we can say, okay, you know, this week our, our goal is to give every guy 45 to 60 pitches in each outing. Um, you know, most schools, if you're trying to play five games and, you know, or eight games in nine days, they can't give everybody 45 and, and pull them and be done and move it on to the next guy. So it, it really does affect it. You know, you get to the postseason, it's 115 um, you know, it, it used to be, I remember good old Ron Smith at Olympia used to tell me when we used to talk, you just need two pitchers. You get two pitchers in the postseason. That's all you need. Well, you know, today it seems like you, you got to have three, if not four, I mean, good, really good kids to be able to take you deep into the postseason. I mean, you can get through a regional possibly, but you know, anything you, you get through the sectional and the super, especially with the way it's a Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, if you don't have three to four guys, you could be in trouble. No doubt about it. I want to switch over from uh, high school to, to major league baseball. And uh, there's certainly going to be a lot of changes going on there. Um, you know, one of those being the, uh, the amount of time a pitcher has to, to throw to home plate. Uh, I believe it's 15 seconds, uh, unless there's a runner on base and then 20 seconds and a batter has eight seconds to step into a box, into the box and a uh, limited number of times a pitcher can throw over to first. If there's a runner uh, talk about some of those rules, what, what you think about them, what you like, what you don't like about them. You know, I, part of me says, I understand it. They're trying to speed the game. They're trying to get it. So people, you know, watch the game and, and tune in. Part of me thinks that's not the problem with major league baseball. And, and I, I mean, I love it. I'm a fan and, and I can watch about any game on TV. My wife sometimes gets mad that I, it doesn't matter what team's playing, whether it's Cubs or car, like I can flip it on and watch it and enjoy it. However, you know, the average fan, I would say maybe doesn't can't always do that. They're, you know, they're looking for theirs. So it, it does speed the game up. However, it, I feel like it's sometimes it, it's going to change the strategy. You know, we don't see a lot of stolen bases anymore. However, I think if the if the if the hitter knows he, he can't throw over, then, you know, or the runner, with that being said, they're, they're going to be maybe a little bit more aggressive on the bases and they made the bases bigger. So that should obviously make stolen bases being a little bit easier. I mean, obviously bang, bang plays. I mean, you're changing, you know, by a half step, which, which sometimes is all it takes, you know, in the game of baseball. 
so that I think that's a little bit different. They're they're trying to change, you know, how quick it happens. It, it eight seconds sounds like a long time, but believe it or not, I, I don't feel like it really is. You know, you could get knocked down or brushed down by an inside pitch, or you're, maybe you've taken a bad swing and you're trying to take a second to, you know, take a deep breath. And we, we try to teach the kids to slow the game down. Well, now we're speeding the game up and and not letting the the pace of the game you know, get too fast for you. And and now Major League Baseball is trying to speed it up. You you constantly hear people about slow it down, take a deep breath, let the game come to you instead of vice versa now. And it's it's speeding up. I wish Major League Baseball would just eliminate the blackout and let fans watch their games no matter where they are. And they wonder why fans aren't, you know, watching games. But, you know, I, I can have all these different streaming networks and I still can't watch my team play if I'm not buying marquee network or this and I mean we had major league baseball tv for a while I still couldn't watch Cubs cards White Sox because they're blacked out if I didn't want to go buy a, another streaming service so you know I, I wish if they would change that a little bit I feel like the the number of people watching the games would be increasing and then you know ticket prices aren't making it any easier you know, I, I try to get to a game or two a year, but it, it's making it even more difficult when it's, you know, you try to take the family to the ballpark and now you're dropping, you know, two, 300 bucks really easy. And, you know, it's, it's not always easy on families to do those things. No doubt. You know, another rule that changed, we didn't mention it. And this one, you know, the ones we talked about, I, I can kind of see, I can kind of understand and justify the one I don't like a bit is uh, an extra inning game, putting a runner on second base to, to start the 10th inning. And uh, I just don't like that. And, uh, but I mean, they didn't ask me and it's, it's going to happen, but what, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I hate it. I'm, you know, I'm, I think the older I get, the more purist I am. It, there's it, like, what does that do to statistics? And I know it's going to be an unearned run, but now someone's scoring runs and it, it changes everything. And you're talking about, contracts now and you're talking about how these things affect I mean players salaries and and those type of things and I and I never really thought about it from those perspectives but you know I think the game of you know baseball is beautiful and it's doesn't need to be changed and you know we we change the slide rule and we change you know who who starts wearing extra inning games and, and the shift gets involved. I mean, there's all these things that I'm like, it doesn't need to be changed. But at the same time, you know, it's it's about money and it's about trying to find ways to get more viewers. So I, I, I understand what they're sometimes trying to do here. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I, I look back at a lot of sports, like I think, especially in basketball, um, you know, before the three-point shot came to high schools, it went to colleges, you know, a couple of years before that. Some of these things are happening in baseball. Do you think eventually are they going to, to filter down, get to the colleges, get to the high school level or not? You know, maybe, you know, when we've talked about it, you put the, you know, the shot clock involved in a high school basketball game, it's it's another person needed to, to run it, right? You, you throw it into a high school baseball game with the 20 seconds and the eight seconds. And I, I, I just don't see it happening in, in terms of we got to have another volunteer. And it's it's really hard to get people involved. And then you're, you're talking about the umpire situation that we've already got in high school games. And they've got enough things to worry about. And where are you going to put the clock? So pitchers can see it and umpires can see it. I mean, I, I think part of that needs to be thought about if you ever really want to. I mean, it's easy in basketball, right? You're going to put the 25-second clock on, on top of the hoop and everybody can see it. Well, 
it's not that way in a, in a high school baseball game and, you know, facilities are so different depending on where we play. And, you know, there's a lot of times that they're talking this spring, we might only expect to see, you know, one umpire. It, and I hope it doesn't happen at the varsity level, but, you know, our underclassmen games, there's a very good possibility. We're looking at one umpire for the, those games. And what, how do you expect one umpire to be in charge of all of those things from, obviously balls and strikes and, and, you know, fair foul and what is out and someone's stealing the base at second and they're behind home plate. And now they've got to worry about was the batter in the box with eight seconds to go. And the pitcher has 15. I mean, I, I just feel like it's going to put too much pressure and these umpires are going to are already saying it's not worth it to, to say that now it's just another thing for me to worry about. That's true. So besides uh, the, the blackout uh, rule that you would like to see lifted, any other changes that you would like to see uh, implemented in, in the game of baseball? Oof. You know, that's a great question. I would, and you know, and the blackout's different. I mean, that's, it's all about dollars and cents and, and broadcasting. If we get back to just like the beauty of the game, I was never big with the shift and I'm glad they kind of got rid of it. Um, I hate the runner on second. Um, yeah, you know, I hate that you've got to slide directly into second base. And, and I know it's about player safety, but we spend so much time talking about, you know, playing the game hard and trying to break up two, but it's like, okay, now I got to slide directly in. I can't make contact above the ankle. And then I can't slide past the and, and it's, it's once again, it's just another thing. Um, you know, you go back to the seventies and, you watch some of those guys breaking up too, and it was a completely different story. And I don't want to see anybody getting hurt, but at the same time, it, it does change the game, you know, a, a little bit. You know, I think pitch count um, is good for high school, and I'm, I'm glad they haven't put something into the major leagues like that. But it's, you know, you, you can see it coming at, at some point. I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Well, Nick, anything else you'd like to let you go today? No, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I asked people, we'd love to see at ball games this spring. It should be uh, hopefully a, a great opportunity for you to see some great baseball. You know, we've we've tried to bump up our schedule. We got normal U High, who's ranked in the top 25, coming out uh, in a week. Obviously, got Troy Triad this coming Saturday. We got normal West, who's been a powerhouse you know, in the Midwest. So, um, you're going to see some great pitching. You know, we've got Lincoln and we got Effingham, who both got pitchers who were throwing 90 plus. U High's got a kid going to Florida State. Um, so if you want to see some really good high school baseball, this could be a great spring for you to get out and, and watch our our kids compete. And uh, you know, it's it's they've had a pretty amazing run with you know back to back regional titles. As we you know, we try to go for our, our third and and win the conference again and you know, send these seniors out who've had a pretty impressive high school career. You know, I, I know you remember the days of Joe Kenny and Coley Day, and, and that was an impressive group. And I think you look at this senior class and it, you know, it rallies, you know, those guys of just how impressive this group of seniors truly are, you know, and what they've done, you know, back-to-back -back regionals for the boys basketball, back-to-back -back for baseball, two 11 win seasons. You got Mateo winning a state championship. You know, they were in the Elite Eight in wrestling this year, and they were in the Final Four last year. Um, you know, and, and I guess if we end with it, it, it just really tells you how, you know, just impressive this senior group is and how all of them, for the most part, are two or three sport athletes. And, you know, we see so many kids starting to specialize. You know, anybody who listens to this, you know, play multiple sports and, you know, let us cheer you on. 
And one of the, you know, coolest things for me as a coach was, you know, watching Mateo win a state championship. And it wasn't even in the sport I coached, but you, you build those relationships with those kids. And it was pretty awesome to be there uh, a couple Saturday nights ago and, and watch him accomplish that goal. So, you know, get out, play some sports and, you know, come watch us this spring. And it should be a, a absolutely great spring. Well, I hope so. And I hope uh, Mother Nature was listening too. I hope uh, we have some great spring weather for those games because you're certainly going to have a great schedule. I appreciate it, Fred. Always a pleasure to talk to you. You bet. We've been talking to Nick DiFilippo, the Muhammad Seymour baseball coach, whose uh, first win by the Bulldogs this year will be number 300 for him. So uh, hopefully we can get that uh, in the books here soon and, and then get on to the rest of the season. So, Nick, thanks a lot for your time today. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate you. See you, buddy.